the spotlight is on the agri-food sector to improve their gender balance with public scrutiny of their gender pay gap reporting. I'm Nancy Fallon and I want to be part of helping to improve the gender balance within the agri-sector and using this series as a platform to allow women in the sector to share their insights and their experience. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mary Coughlin. So Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. So let me turn first to, I guess, your record as a trailblazer in your career, the first female deputy leader of Fianna Fáil, and also the first and to date only um, female minister for agriculture. Were you aware that you were making such records and being such a trailblazer as you were going through your career? I wouldn't say I was a trailblazer, but when you go back and reflect, first of all, I was one of the youngest ever to be elected to the Dáil at 21. Left University College Dublin and went straight into political life. Not what I had chosen, but it was chosen for me. Um, yes, being the first woman uh, as a full Minister for Agriculture was a great honour uh, and a challenge because I, I suppose I would have had a huge interest in agriculture. I was chair of the Agricultural Committee within the party. Um, and of course, agriculture is hugely important and fisheries to um, Donegal. But all of that being said, there were those challenges where I had been perceived as someone who supported the smaller farmer, wouldn't have been as au fait with the challenges of larger farming uh, and the agri-food sector. So I had to prove myself uh, and working in a fairly strong male environment, but um, I was there to listen, I was there to learn, um, and I had a lot of support as well within the department, uh, which, which really did benefit. And the most important thing for me was I went out and I met everyone. I didn't leave a parish uh, over four years that I hadn't been in, and it, that was a great opportunity. No, it's, it's interesting and, and to, to hear you talk about those challenges. I mean, here, you know, we speak now about trying to improve gender balance. But mm. as you say, when you were a minister, it was probably even worse than it was now. Certainly. Yeah. And, and did you find that that impacted your ability to, to do your job? And, and what did you use to try and overcome any of those challenges? Well, I suppose we have to be very careful and say that it's unfair to say that men wouldn't support women in political life or in any career. So I think we should take that as being read. Um, understanding, yes, in some technical terms, you just had to learn. And um, I suppose one of the challenges we had within the department was there were very few women at the higher level within the department. And I'm delighted to see that that has changed and there are far more women uh, at leadership level within the departments, within the civil service and the public service. And that has really, really helped. Um, but, but certainly I also had um, a junior minister with me, Mary Wallace, who was a trailblazer in her own way, the first woman uh, minister for forestry. Uh, but we had a very good working relationship as ministers. And I suppose I learned a lot of that from another woman, Sheila de Valera, who was my first senior minister. And she taught me things that, with all of her experience, that were hugely important. She briefed me after every cabinet meeting about what happened within the cabinet, even though I was only a minister for state. She allowed me to run my section of the department myself in consultation with her. So I did exactly the same with my ministers of state. We were a team, we worked well together, uh, and that congeniality was also hugely important. And people brought different perspectives into the department. Um, and look, at we had the challenges of the newspapers. Naturally, it's um, not seen, unfortunately, as an industry that's hugely important. Um, and it's tut-tutted, I might have to say, on a number of occasions, until people actually get in and see how important the agri-food sector is in this country, how many jobs it supports. It is our indigenous industry. Uh, and the huge 
impact that it has on every person's life. The minute you open the fridge, a farmer has had something to do with that or the agri-food industry. And I think it's important as well to say that the cooperative movement developed into a multi-million euro industry where we have now exported so much. Is it almost 80% of our exports or, or of what we produce is exported and we have massive reputations all over the world huge, hugely important to us. Uh, and um, I think people don't actually understand how important that sector is. I think that's really interesting what you say about the, the agri-food sector, because like I think I agree with you. I mean, it, it's such an important um, business to the island, island of Ireland. And I always see it as it's kind of, it reaches out its tentacles far and mm. wide across the entire Ireland and of the country. And I suppose equally, as you say, we have such a strong heritage in relation mm. to Ireland as an exporter. Mm and producing very high quality food. And to be fair, in a very sustainable way because of the way in which a lot of our food is produced in terms of being grass-based system. And I think it's, it's an interesting comment to make, especially in the context of all the challenges that we face and sustainability mm. in terms of remembering that. But so it's not for today maybe, but yeah. but to just pick up on two other points, I mean, that point around, you know, we need to be fair to men. And, and I think it's a really good, mm. good point. I mean, I certainly, when I look at my career, I definitely feel that my strongest mentors actually have been men. Mm. And it's fair to say that men do support mm. women as they come through. So I think it's a really good point to make. But equally alongside it is mm. as well this, I suppose, this point that if you don't see it, you can't be it. So it, you mentioned, you know, Sheila and, the, and what she did for you in terms of being that kind of role model to mm -hmm. not tell you what to do, but be there as support. And yeah. I think that's a really important thing mm. that as all of us as females, but equally as males, need to be there yeah. to support anyone who's coming through. Yeah. But I suppose in this particular place to be supportive of those of women coming through and, and trying to mm. rise up in the ranks and be a part of the, the industry. So I think that's well, really important. It, it's hugely important because, first of all, you have to have role models and that's very, very important. Um, and you know, there's there are expectations then as a role model and as well as that, there'll be certainly plenty of people who want to make sure you don't make it either. <laughs> so, you know, you have to you have to be strong and you have to be resilient. And that's one of the concerns I would have for some of the younger people in this country, that they may not be as resilient as they should be. And they may have unrealistic expectations the first day. You have to have a little bit of experience to get where you want to be. Um, and certainly supporting others as well is hugely, hugely important. And that's why having, when I was appointed, a lot of women were delighted that I was a woman, uh, that they, I was, there was an expectation I would speak for them in many ways. And a realization that women's role within agriculture is hugely, hugely important. Heretofore, it would have been a more supportive role. Um, you know, a, a lot of agricultural advisors used to say to me, I'm delighted to see a woman coming into the office because at least everything would be right. Whereas it might come in in a shoebox or something if it was a man. But, you know, it was very, too, too much so a supportive role. What we're trying to change is now that we would actually have women who are farmers, who own their own land, who own their own businesses. And there has been a huge emphasis on supporting women in rural Ireland and rural Europe. It's the first time there's been a recognition now within the Common Agricultural Policy that gender equity must be addressed. And that is why uh, the minister asked me to chair the first national dialogue on gender to make sure that we're out there to the forefront, I might add, in supporting more women into uh, in the farming sector and the agri-food sector. Um, it's not going to be without its challenges. Uh, inheritance will be one of them naturally, uh, but there are opportunities through partnerships, th through tax, through legals, all of that, there are opportunities there.
And it's also very important that we support education and that education is there for women when they have the opportunity and the time to participate in education. And now that we have more blended learning, now that we have more opportunities through technology, it must happen that those technological advances will also support women uh, in the agri-food and in the agriculture sector. And leading on to that will actually have to be a huge emphasis on research and development. And all of those coming together and a culmination of all those supports, I would hope that the first national dialogue on St. Bridget's Day would actually see in a number of years more women in agriculture and more women farmers. Well fit to do it, it's not a physical thing because there's plenty of machinery, plenty of uh, uh, technology. Um, it's just having access to land, sharing of land. And you know, one of the challenges I had when I was minister was we couldn't encourage younger people into agriculture because there was a draw to other types of uh, activities in, in, in economic activities. And a lot of people who would have built up farms had great challenges in inheritance and who would take over the farm. Um, so, you know, we've changed that, we've encouraged and we have provided uh, policies that supported more younger people into agriculture. And equally, the minister is presently is very anxious to do the same to get more women into agriculture and I think it'll work and we'll need them. We'll need them because you spoke about sustainability and that is going to be a challenge for agriculture and a lot of farmers would say that there's an overemphasis on agriculture and to an extent they're not wrong um, but I think that the younger people now are going to have to look at it in a different way. And I think women will bring a different perspective into how sustainability can work. Water quality, hugely important. New methodologies of, of farming. All of that is going to be very, very important. And at the same time, we mustn't forget what we do well. We do produce very good beef. We can go into organics, hugely important. We have great livestock. We have good tillage. All of these are backed up, yes, by a regulatory framework, which farmers will always give out about, but it's there. When a minister goes abroad, when Board Bia go abroad and want to sell Ireland, they have the regulatory framework behind them to assure the customer and the market that we do have a good quality product. And I think one of the things that we don't talk about very much is that we are one of the biggest producers of baby food in the world. That didn't happen by chance. That happened because we had excellent uh, primary producers, tremendous regulatory frameworks to support an industry that's so, so important, and investment from abroad. All of that culminated in a good news story, uh, and that's also hugely important as well. And yeah, just picking up on that point about, I suppose, the, the challenges that face mm. the agri industry going forward. I mean, I think challenges bring opportunity and to kind of bring it back to that point about mm. attracting people to want to stay within the industry, mm. Mm. Um, you know, whether whether it be male or female. Mm -hmm. You know, I do think there are, are there's so much opportunities there in terms of, as you say, the change that will happen, mm -hmm. the innovations that will need to be developed in order to make farming more sustainable mm -hmm. within Ireland and to, to address the sustainability issues. So I think in some ways it's actually, it can be seen as a positive, it can be seen as an exciting mm -hmm. time because actually we're in a kind of a time of step change to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but let me bring you bring you back actually to your, your comments about the national the national dialogue and, and I suppose that the minister asked you to, to hold and to chair. Can you share any views in relation to that were discussed at that and points that came up that kind of stand out to you as very big item points that will need to be addressed? Well, leadership and visibility was one of the topics. And we invited a number of key people who were in the agri-food sector who uh, were CEOs 
who were women and who shared how they managed to get to the top uh, and the supports that they needed um, and the fact that they did it. And I think that's hugely important. That visibility is very, very important. And a number of women who were farmers in their own right, how they managed it. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not that there's a dictatorial thing here. It's just an evolving thing where you uh, have a change of mind, where from, particularly when it comes um, uh, to new people taking over in the farming sector, that the women w should be considered equally to the men. Um, and that there, there can be partnerships as well. And that's all very, very important. Um, we also looked at where, the, where are the challenges, where are the tax challenges, where are the legal challenges, uh, and how you can marry the same thing for any industry. Your time at home, perhaps having a family, and at the same time trying to run a business, which is farming. And of course, naturally, if you have to be there every day, how do you manage all of that and get some family time and some quality time? Uh, and how, what supports are needed to allow that to happen? And the third thing was very much education. The other thing that was very important for women was having these support evenings and days specifically for women. I know there can be people saying, why do that? But, you know, the dairy women all came together. They looked at what was different, what was their challenges and how they could be supported. And that interaction between the department, the minister and those support groups is going to be very important as well, leading on from the work that has been done within the dialogue. We had a minister for, um, from Germany, no longer the Minister for Agriculture, but still within political life. And she was the leader who brought the new common agriculture policy through within her presidency. And surprise, surprise, these are the same challenges that they have in Germany. They're the same challenges in every part of the European Union. That is why they are targeting certain supports to allow more women to stay and remain in agriculture and to come into agriculture. And the agri-food sector is very, very important. And I come from a very rural part of the world. And if we didn't have the agri-food sector, you wouldn't have the the co-ops, you wouldn't have the shops, you wouldn't have, like the one thing about farmers is when they get their money, they do spend it <laughs> and they spend it locally. And because they're, you know, uplifting their own uh, enterprises and all of that. And that's all very, very important. No, no, absolutely. I think it it again goes back to that point about the, just the reach of the of the agribusiness mm. throughout Ireland mm. and its absolute importance as the spine to many of the economies in mm -hmm. you know villages and town across across yeah. the country. And you know, you mentioned there the the changes to cap to try and make it more friendly in terms of female staying within farming. What other changes do you think we will see maybe coming out of the dialogue in terms of policy changes to help support females to stay and to continue and to come into the farming industry? Well, attitudinal change and behavioural change, two very difficult things to achieve, but those are what's going to be needed. And that behavioural change will be in new practices and how you are smarter uh, in doing the job that you need to do. And perhaps instead of spending all day doing something, you're going to have to change the way you do it, how you use technology to allow that to happen. Like, it's unbelievable what is happening and we don't talk about it enough. Like, you get an app on your phone and you can see how the grass is growing all over your, all over your farm. Yeah. Years ago, you had to go out and spend the whole day checking all of this. Now you can do it in 30 seconds. You can also see what nutrient management is needed. You know, all of these things are just unbelievable. And it happened over a very short period of time. And, you know, how you can look after better breeding, um, how you can get a better return if you invest in a particular way. 
All of this is so, so supportive. Um, and, you know, at the same time, as a business, it needs to be, you, you have to, if you, if you run a business and it's not working, then there's a problem. So you have to be able to be smart enough to see where your opportunities are within the markets and where you're going to be afforded an opportunity to have a lively, livelihood from it. At the same time, and this is one of my things that a lot of people don't like to hear, there are farmers and farms that are not sustainable and they don't make an awful lot of money. But the mental health aspect of it is hugely important. So if you're a single elderly person living relatively rural and you have to get up in the morning because you have a little bit of farming, you do a few cows or a few sheep, you're not going to make an awful lot of money. But the mental health and the mental welfare of those people is also so, so important. Uh, and that is why there are other types of supports for those type of people. Big farmer down in Cork or Kerry is going to say that's not farming. But for somebody like me, that is also a sustainable way in which you manage your land. And that is equally important. So you have larger farmers, middle-sized farmers, and very small farmers. It's how you get the policy framework to allow that to happen. Different supports, different ways of doing things. And now what you're having, which is also very important, is outcomes. What is the outcome of the policy? And then if that outcome is sustainable, if that outcome is visible, if it's working, then that's how you support the farmer. So there's no point in applying for acres, for example, uh, and just leaving the land sitting there looking at you for five years. The minister wants to see what you have achieved in order to keep that land sustainable, in order to sustain the, the countryside. And that is why it's very important now. And it's difficult for some people to, to grapple, but the outcomes are going to be as important as the support network. That, that, that's going to be there as well from the EU. Yeah. No, and it's interesting because I think you do, that's exactly it. You do need to be able to measure mm. because we will be obviously called to account for measure 2030, 2050. We mm. know what, what that will bring in mm. terms of having to reduce our carbon emissions. So making farming more sustainable, I think it's mm. exactly the same. You need to be able to measure the progress along. And mm -hmm. equally, I think flipping over from that, but going over to kind of that kind of supports around female yeah. participation is exactly the same thing. Mm. You know, you, you talked about those groups that allow people to kind of meet together and you yeah. can say, well, sure, I don't know. But yeah. actually, it's really important yeah. because, again, it goes back to your point. I think that, you know, you have to see others succeeding mm -hmm. and going through the same challenges, but yet still keeping on going. That's right. and, you, and you learn from others and you and that collaborative approach is very important. Yes. And there's other opportunities out there. Energy, for example, um, and, you know, the, 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 the nitrates directive and things like that are going to be challenging. So what? new ideas are out there to support farmers in order to have an income and certainly cooperative movement was an old-fashioned thing i think it's going to come back again where you're going to have a number of farmers cooperating perhaps with some outside investment in the creation of energy very badly needed i might add and it will also provide a new opportunity for farmers from an income point of view and it'll also address the issue of evidence so you know that that's going to be out there and that's that's going to be hugely important. So as we're saying that just transition, perhaps reducing what you're doing in, and making it more sustainable and at the same time having other opportunities. And I would hope that the policy framework will be there to support that industry uh, as, as, as much as the common agricultural policy had done in, in the food production side. That's interesting. And they, I suppose you've mentioned that policy framework. Do you think we'll get that soon or when do you think we'll see that change? You think yeah, it's coming? I, it's happening. It's yeah. slow. That can be very frustrating. Um, and you're also looking at cross-departmental 
initiatives which can be challenging as well and I do a little bit of work in um, in that sector and you have a number of departments working together. It's now been led by uh, the chief inspector in the Department of Agriculture and everybody's coming from a different perspective but at the end of the day it's the same pot of money that's coming from the government and from the state and the, the same needs for the people. So, you know, I, I would hope, I was speaking to the minister recently and he said hopefully after the summer that we will see some real initiatives out there because time is passing us by and we have to get this done as quickly as possible. And like there's other things out there going on, animal nutrition, for example, all of that is cutting edge, cutting edge. Uh, and that investment is within the education sector, within our universities and within our research and development side. So it's, you know, there are those opportunities and I certainly feel that women can make a change. They will challenge and rightly so, and younger people will challenge, but certainly without a doubt, in my view, women will bring a lot more into the animal husbandry side and into um, the, the time management mm -hmm. of how you actually run a business and run a farm. Um, and, you know, the attitudinal change, I think, within life has changed a lot about partnerships within relationships and things like that, and how you support women to go into any aspect of life you know, the, the, that, that change is there. It took a while, but it's there. And um, my expectation is that we would see as many women as men over the next number of years in the farming sector. And I definitely really hope that that is the case. Mm. But and I, I agree with you. I think we are definitely at a point of inflection. I think there, mm. there is definitely change happening. And I, I, I do hope and think that it is definitely for the better for the industry mm. um, and it does seem to have momentum and, and it's interesting I'm not sure what exactly has caused that momentum mm. now as opposed to 10 years ago as you say maybe it's the changes to the common agricultural policy maybe it's some of the actions that were set in the food 2030 vision yeah. you know all of those things maybe it's all a combination of those mm. things but it is interesting to see I think there is definitely momentum there and I and I think and it was one of the other things that women would say and I think it's in a lot of businesses is access to money the fact that they don't necessarily have an asset in order to get a loan and what what risks there are in, in getting access to, to funding and now that land has become so so expensive it is going to be a very expensive enterprise so um, partnerships I think will be one of the ways in which you can manage a farm uh, and um, I think you know life has changed so much um, and as I said the attitude towards inheritance has changed um, and, and certainly that, that fear that, oh my goodness, the wife's going to take everything and we'll be left with nothing and all of this. I think that's changed in rural Ireland. Um, uh, but, you know, at, at the same time, it's the same for every industry. It's the same for every business. Um, and small will grow. Yep. So take it at a small level. The agri-food sector, how many small enterprises were supported by leader? Yep. And now they're very large companies. Uh, and a lot of them were led by women because they saw a gap in the market. They saw something that needed to be done and they went away and did it. So I think that quality is something that will be seen in, in, far, in the farming sector as well. Yeah, I know it's really, it's a really good mm. relevant point, actually. Yeah. And so then kind of just kind of going on to looking as I look to myself, I see you doing so much in relation to trying to increase and, and improve gender balance in the sector. What do you think people like me in professional services companies, what can we do to try and help and improve that gender balance? 
Well, equally, opportunities like this are going to be very important. The fact that it's spoken about within the media will be equally important. Um, and that there's a recognition outside of other sectors that this sector is hugely, hugely important within the economy. Things go from one to the other. It's tech. It's, it, you know, it's, 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 it's finance. It's this, that and the other thing. Not as many people speak about the agri-food sector or the agricultural sector, the farming sector, the primary producing sector and the importance of it. So speaking about it is, is going to be very important. And companies like here, I'm sure, have particular sections that look specifically and support people within that sector. And also access to finance is going to be very, very important. And the fact that perhaps uh, there may be an initiative where you would have some risk takers who would be prepared to invest in this type of a sector. Um, you know, people are sometimes risk averse and then some people are the other side, but if we've got a balance there, that perhaps there may be a pot of money available for women specifically that they could uh, have access to in order to invest in their enterprises. And I certainly feel that uh, if that was to happen, it would, it would be hugely, hugely beneficial. Yeah, I think finance is so important and especially in the current environment where we're seeing the cost of it increasing yeah. so quickly. I think having access to finance and putting yourself in a place where you have the story to tell in yes. order. And I say story, but you can mm. show that actually this is a viable asset. Yes, there will be risk in it, mm -hmm. but you know what? There's a good story behind it, a good Absolutely. business story behind it, and it might bring a return in, yeah. in the years to come. I think yeah. that's allowing the support for mm. people to, to get that down And they do the have those types of, of pots of money available, um, some at a smaller level, a couple of thousand, up to quite a substantial amount of money. Uh, and it's been specifically for women. So, you know, I, I, I think something like that is maybe something we should should look at and we we look forward now to seeing what the report will say um, and the minister is very anxious to ensure that within his own department he will have uh, the tools available to support uh, and perhaps there will be other opportunities within the enterprise trade and employment for example where those tools would also be provided to support women in the sector. And finally, if I bring you back to the first question I asked you around as being such a trailblazer and a record of being a trailblazer, if you could go back to Mary, who's five years old and sitting in her primary school class, <laughs> learning Irish probably, or I don't know, maybe learning your tables, what would you say to her to allow her and kind of aimed at kind of the younger generation coming through to, to really be able to, you know, I suppose, blaze that trail and, you know, as we say here, address that issue around gender balance and be that, that, that female role model? I would say that my mother was one of the best role models I had. My mother was a psychiatric social worker, a hotelier and a farmer. <laughs> she also gave it all up to rear her children because her view was that education was the way forward and that, um, access to education and participation in life was so, so important. And she drove people to be independent. And in our house, there was an equality, whether we liked it or not. So I had to farm, the boys had to do the housework and vice versa. So there was no hiding place in our home. Well, thank you so much, Mary. Really delighted to chat to you and really interested in hearing your views. Um, it's been a fascinating discussion. So thank you very much. for Thank your time you very much for having me.